The follow-up is simple. Ask a question, listen to the answer, then follow up. I'm your host, Noah Kozlov. Enjoy. The follow-up today is with four-time World Series champion. He was an all-star with the Seattle Mariners back in 2001, spent 15 years in the bigs as one of the great relievers in the game and then turned into an overpriced Sunday softball player on my team in New York City. It's Jeff Nelson. Nelly, how are you? I'm good. I was resorted to first base because I think I had a blown hammy. That's what happens when you get old. You know, I don't think I ever pulled one. I never pulled one single muscle ever when I played baseball and then you go to softball and and everything just goes to crap. Yeah, and and I remember exactly when you did it, where you did it. You took three steps in the outfield. Oh, I went from, yeah. Yeah. I went from the outfield over there at that park where, you know, I think – I was talking with the right fielder playing left fielder because <laughs> left field, and that was on the other diamond. And we were talking about Yankees and all that stuff. And the next thing you know, something happened. I'm like, man, I went from a stud to a nothing. <laughs> all right, the question I have for you bullpen stories. How do you come up with some of the stuff that you guys pull in the bullpen when you're out there for so long during a game? Well, it's, it's a good thing that we are out so far away from things, you know, in the American league, I spent my whole career in the American league. And there's only a couple stadiums that actually had their bullpens right down the line. One of them was Oakland. The other was Tampa Bay and Minnesota at the old Metrodome. So three uh, out of, you know, all those stadiums had it where we really couldn't do anything. You know, there wasn't any shenanigans down there. We had to talk and almost be like schoolboys and, and because the dugout and the managers were right down there. And if we were losing, we had to, you know, you couldn't laugh. You, you, you kind of had to take things serious. So being out in left field or out in right field, nobody could really see us. And, you know, for the first five innings, baseball is so intense and so stressful that through the first five innings, we knew us as setup men and also the closer. We weren't getting in until the seventh inning. But after the fifth inning was that magical inning for a starter that, hey, you get your win. Uh, you know, your, your pitch count starting to creep up there. It's, it wasn't a hundred pitches back then. They actually did throw 110 to 120, 25 pitches. And we were starting to get ready for the game. We started looking at the lineup, figuring out, okay, Hey, maybe this might be a shot of where I might face a righty Stanton, a lefty, or, you know, we might throw a whole inning here. And then you start, you know, getting ready, get your mindset. But through the first five innings, it was, you know, all holes barred. You know, we did everything that we could just to loosen it up and to keep things uh, a lot less stressful for when we did have to go into a stressful situation, it was a little bit easier. But, you know, you just did everything. You just made up. I was a big practical joker. I was one of those paranoid guys as well that, okay, I got everyone else, (laughs) but I had to make sure that I never got, you know, joked on, and I always checked everything. I would come in the next day because I knew people would try to get me back. And, I, you know, I always caught a lot of people, you know, whether it was shaving cream in your shoes or, you know, doing something to your hat, the brim of your hat, so when you put it on, whether it was heat or itching powder or some kind of liquid, you know, you always you always have to watch your stuff. It's the guys that never never watch their stuff that was the easiest to get. What about to opponents? You know, we did one time we were in – Baltimore and see we were big sunflower seed 
guys. You know, there was one time, I think it was in 96, we were in Boston, and we always had to watch because the sunflower seeds, were, I mean, we you flicked them pretty hard, and they would, you know, had some velocity on them. We actually, I actually went to a hardware store. It was a true value store in Boston, and I bought all these safety goggles, and they were kind of like the welding goggles. And we put them on in, in the first couple innings, when, and we'd have seed wars, and we knew, okay, we weren't going to put an eye out. You might get it off the cheek or whatever. Uh, so we would flick seeds and we were in Baltimore and we, uh, you know, we would flick seeds and it would be the Orioles dugout or Orioles bullpen was right below ours. And we would try to hit them and try to hit them on the field. And every once in a while, you know, Elrod Hendricks back in the day before he passed away, he was their bullpen coach. And, you know, sometimes they would occasionally, you know, hit one of the players or hit him. And we actually would flick them in the stands too, because that way you get them up high enough and then they would come back <laughs> and then hit off a guy, hit off a fan's heads and they would have no idea where they came from. Uh, but they did, the Orioles did. And, and then one time, you know, Greg Zahn did some, you know, we had this bench and I think he took some fertilizer that, uh, I think it had some horse manure or whatever in it and, and uh, put it wow. underneath our bench. And, and uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't a good sight. We, we wow. cleaned it up, and then we kind of got him back after that as well, did some things to their bathroom that wasn't, uh, wasn't too nice. And, you know, the grounds crew guys had to come out in hazmat suits and, and basically uh, almost put a tent like you're going to tent a house for termites to make sure that it was safe for anyone else to go in and use the restroom. So, you know, you try to do anything you can, and you look back, and it's so funny. I remember one time we did, we were in Tiger Stadium, uh, the new Tiger Stadium, and somebody, we did something to the opposing team, the opposing bullpen, and one guy was a big hunter, and he must have, uh, the glands, the scent glands of a deer, uh, that's how, you know, when they, that's how they mate. They have scent glands on the back of their legs, and they go and they rub their legs and stuff on trees, and that's how they, you know, when it's the mating season, that's how, you know, you go and you get a doe or whatever. But the scent glands smell, and they they smell almost like a skunk or even worse. Well, I, I don't know what we did to their bullpen, but, but the next day, the inside, because sometimes it got cold, the inside of our bullpen and inside just was, and we could not find this scent. And, and we, we had to freeze our butt, out, butt off for that day because we had no idea where the smell, and nobody could nobody could stand it. It's just, uh, you know, you just, and it's not like you don't get mad at the other team or, or they don't get mad at us. It's just something that you guys do, especially when your bullpens are that close. Oh. You know, sometimes when you tell a story and you can actually smell what the other person oh, is yeah. talking about. Oh, God, you've, you've got me. Oh, this is, this is going to And there's a, a few places that we out. had back-to-back bullpens. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Tigers were one of them, and that was at the new stadium. Uh, the the Red Sox, we never really did anything to the Red Sox because the fans were right there with us. The fans, you know, you had to stand, the fans right behind both, both, uh, both. Well, both well pens, hold but, on. You said never did anything to the Red Sox. That, you had a pretty famous incident with the Red Sox. Well, that was a grounds crew guy. You know, that was, uh, that was, that was their grounds crew guy tried to uh, stir up some stuff, but never with the other bullpen. We never did anything with the bullpen. What's the worst thing you ever did to a rookie? Worst thing with the rookie, you know, I don't, you know, we had, we, I mean, the rookies always dressed up. You always had, I guess they call it now hazing and they, you know, they eliminated that was, you know, which is kind of sad. You always have dress up day, you know, you had stuff, uh, you know, we used to dress up the rookies and this was whether you're a position player or a pitcher, you, you know, and, and this was at the end of the year when we actually had call-ups in September 
I mean, you dress them as a village people. You dress them in Hooter outfits. I remember Ichiro had a Hooters outfit. I remember when Alex Rodriguez was a rookie, he actually wore a wedding dress. Uh, you know, so you do different things like that. I got dressed up in 92, my rookie season. I got dressed up twice, once in the beginning of the year because I was the only rookie. And then once at the end of the year when we had some call-ups, they usually take your suit and make you dress in some stupid stuff. I had like this pink kimono one time. Uh, and you have to go out and you have to sign autographs. And when we had the village people, we actually were in San Francisco and we had to, you know, we made them walk more you know, march through the streets and then walk to the hotel. Usually you make them do something that at least humiliates themselves. Nowadays you'll see, you know, they'll carry the bullpen guys. A rookie will carry a pink Hello Kitty backpack or mm-hmm. something that distinguishes them between uh, a rookie and a veteran. They have to carry the candy or, or seeds or whatever that uh, that we have out there. you guys still tell these stories when you're around each other? Sometimes, you know, it's funny when we... John Wetland was with us, and he was a pretty sick pup as well, as far as practical <laughs> jokes. And he, you know, this 96, this past year, or it was last year when we had the 20-year reunion for the 96 team, uh, we reminisced a little bit. And it's funny, because you think back of some of the stuff that we did and some things you've forgotten, uh, some things you want to forget. And, uh, and But it's a, it's a good laugh. You know, it's we had a lot of we had a lot of good times and uh, and it's just something that because it's 162 games is because of where you know I don't even think whether it's New York or Seattle it didn't matter you, you know both both times you you can make situations as stressful as possible and you want to try to make it as fun as possible and and I think that's when you have winning teams you see see guys I guess come together a little bit more maybe have more practical jokers you know some guys don't like it but you know that they're the ones that you want to get the most all right, so what did you do to that Baltimore bathroom? Ooh, that, that's something that we, we kind of missed the toilet, and we kind of did something in their sink. Ah. And it wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't too, it wasn't yeah, too nice. Yeah, but they nice. learned. They learned. And, and that's the thing. You know the guys that are the big practical jokers, and you kind of stay away from those teams. Uh, you know, I remember old, the old kingdom. Jeff Russell was a huge practical joker for the Texas Rangers, and the old kingdom, you were able, our bullpens were on the opposite side. So if our dugout was on the third base side, our bullpen was on the first base side. And you were able to walk underneath the stands and get behind the bullpen. And I remember a few times he would light our, our uh, baseball bag where we kept the warm-up balls. He would light them on fire. <laughs> and and they would, our bullpen coach would be sitting right there, and next thing you know, and it's right near the fans. And, and next thing you know, our bullpen bag's on fire. And, and you knew who did it. And you try to get them back, and you and we do. I mean, we go underneath the stands and do the same thing, put a little alcohol and uh, make a fire trail right to their ball bag or, or their shoes or whatever. So it's a, it's a good time. No, thanks, pal. Good talking to you. Okay, thanks, Noah. He tells these stories so casually, too. Nelly's 6'8", and when he played, he had an intimidating look, including a memorable mustache. It wasn't just hitters who were wobbly in the box. Some media members were, too. When we met back in 2008, I just started asking questions to get to know him and knew that he'd be honest when I'd say, just tell me when I've crossed a line or when you've had enough. It proved to be a good way for me to learn baseball on and off the field, and it's worth trying on anyone. It's also a way to build trust, and that's the building block of any friendship. But would I trust Nelly to play anywhere but first base on my softball team? No. Guy can barely move. 
You can follow him on Twitter at NYNelly43. That's N-Y-N-E-L-L-I-E 43. And hit him up there where you can ask him questions that you have coming off these bullpen stories like, what toilet paper do you prefer? Thanks for taking the time to join us on The Follow-Up. The Follow-Up is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit VocalNow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com. <laughs>